Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-free review for Disenchanted. Remember, happily ever after isn't always that easy. Hey there, my name is Nate, and this is our spoiler-free review for Disenchanted. Special thanks to our friends at Disney Plus Canada for giving us the opportunity to watch this film early for review. If you're joining us for the first time, we are Geekcentric, a podcast focused on the world of movies, TV shows, games, toys, and collectibles, and all things Geekcentric. Now joining me for this magical journey with new songs and new opportunities, we have my fellow royal colleagues from the land of Geekalasia, Darcy, the Dapper, and Kevin, the Kingly. How art thou this pleasant, fine evening, gentlemen? Oh, well, it is just a wonderful, wonderful pleasure to be here with you today. I've been dreaming of a podcast like this. (laughs) (laughs) I do quite well as as well. I... I can't do the old time you speak. I, on Close the spot. enough, Darcy. Close. You know, you think with the amount of of D and D that you've done in the past, you'd have that down pat. What's going on? <laughs> I'm not one to. Get, like, I like role playing, but I don't become the character. I more describe the character's ah. story. I'm never. I'm not one okay. for voices. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you'd write the the fairy tales. You wouldn't necessarily be in said fairy tales. Definitely a more up my alley for sure. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, guys, can you believe it's been 15? years almost to the day since we first met Giselle and witnessed her journey from Andalasia to Manhattan to meet the true love of her happily ever after before we get into this uh, this review let's talk about the original what was your experience with the uh, the first movie uh, enchanted back in 2007 I, I know I know for myself uh, I guess I would have been you know my early 20s. Disney fairy tale princess movies just weren't like my <laughs> jam really at that time. Um, but, yeah. you know, for whatever reason, I do remember seeing this in theaters and just being amazed at how much fun I had with it. Um, I do think they did just such a wonderful job of not just paying tribute to the classic fairy tales and the Disney movies like that, but also having fun with that idea. And so, um, yeah, and, 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 you know, anybody who knows my opinions on musicals, uh, I thought that the numbers right. were fun. The performances w- helped make them fun. Uh, yeah, I just, I remember being floored with how much I loved it. And, and even 15 years later, being excited hearing that there was going to be a follow-up uh, in Disenchanted. It's crazy that it's like 15 years, dude. Like, that's nuts. It does not feel like it's been 15 years. Darcy, you you watched the first one last night before this one? Is yeah. that correct? Yeah, I also watched it when I was in theaters uh, with my mom. That was around the time where I was the only one going to Disney movies with her because mm-hmm. I, I kept my childhood love of Disney very <laughs> going strong. It still is to this day. But uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it the first time and rewatching it. It was really fun to go back down the, the memory lane. And re- again, experiencing that for the first time was so great because, like Kevin said, they just kind of had so much fun with the concept of fairy tales in the real world. So it was, it was a great yeah. time. Nice. And, and even 15 years, that movie, I, I rewatched it myself going into watching the sequel here. It holds up so well. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it really does. Uh, James Marsden is just such a, oh a comedic knockout in that movie. He's so amazing. Uh, and we'll get into maybe a problem I had, a little problem I had with the, the sequel here regarding that mm-hmm. very actor. But, uh, 
No, he was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's crazy. You know, uh, Amy Adams must be somewhat of a, a, a secret Disney princess in real life because it, it did not seem like there were 15 years between those two movies uh, in her wonderful appearance. Yeah, I rewatched it uh, before watching this one. And um, yeah, dude, I, I was a little upset. That the the chubby British guy, the the the, the evil queen's assistant, was, Wormtail. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically Wormtail, but his name is Nathaniel. Uh, I'm like, I guess I'm the most handsome Nathaniel then. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, but no, you know what? I think what you guys said is absolutely true. I think it's it's the you know I think the sequence in the park we talked about it um, off air, like just the, the, how that song starts off and then how it builds and builds and builds to become this, like this, this live action animated movie. Like it's just so, so well done. Um, Pip is terribly cute in that first movie as well. Um, and, and again, a character that you, you know, could come across as very annoying, um, actually kind of works throughout the movie and, yeah, man, I, I I really enjoyed it. It's such a, as you were saying, Kevin, it's such a love letter to classic Disney movies, and there were so many iconic sort of memories or or you know, nostalgia plays that were recreated. And I love. There's just this one little thing that I noticed the last time that I watched it, uh, where part of your world is playing as Giselle is looking at the fish tank uh, in in the office, and I was just like, that's so. It's just so smart, and it's just so well done, and I love. I love how even, you know, we'll get to it in terms of the music with this movie, but just how they sort of play off those themes, not only like not only in the visuals and the and the story, but in the music as well throughout the entirety of the movie. Uh, and I think they did. A, I think they did that again with this one. But um, yeah, no, it was so good. It's yeah, and you know, you brought up uh, the song "That's How You Know" and the the big sequence in the park. And I'm not I'm not sure if it's because it had been so long since I've seen the movie that maybe I just haven't recognized it in visits to the parks, um, you know, in years since. Um, it doesn't feel like they they capitalized enough on that song and they they pay enough tribute to it in whatever form, because uh, that really is not just one of the best musical number that's just one of the best songs disney's done in in decades you know it's one of their Mm -hmm. best songs um and so it's almost a shame it didn't catch on a bit more and and get play you know a bit more play in the parks and whatnot these days all right well guys listen i'm 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 feeling it here before we get cursed by a wicked witch uh let me get to the synopsis for this sequel Uh, An all-new live-action musical comedy, Disenchanted, is a sequel to Disney's box office hit, Enchanted, featuring the original cast from the heartwarming story of the lovable maiden from the fairy tale world of Andalasia, who finally found her Prince Charming in the kingdom of New York City. Uh, It's been 15 years since Giselle and Robert wed, uh, but Giselle has grown disillusioned with life in the city. Uh, So they move their growing family to the sleepy suburban community of Monroeville in search of a more fairy tale life. Unfortunately, it isn't the quick fix she'd hoped for. Suburbia has a whole new set of rules and, and a local queen bee, Malvina Monroe, who makes Giselle feel more out of place than ever. Frustrated that her happily ever after hasn't been so easy to find, she turns to the magic of Andalasia for help, accidentally transforming the entire town into a real-life fairy tale and placing her family's future happiness in jeopardy. Now Giselle is in a race against time to reverse the spell and determine what happily ever after truly means to her and her family. 
Disenchanted stars Amy Adams, Patrick Dempsey, Maya Rudolph, Yvette Nicole Brown, Jema Mays, Gabriella Baldacino with Idina Menzel and James Marsden uh, and is directed by Adam Shankman. The movie will be streaming on Disney Plus on November 18th, which means if you're listening to this, it's actually already out. So, um, you know, listen to this and then go watch the movie. I think uh, I think you'll have a good time. Uh, guys, let's start off, you know, like the good princes that we are uh, and start with what we enjoyed about Disenchanted. I, I will say right off the bat... Um, uh, you know, we talked about her a little bit already, but Amy Adams just she gets right back into her role. She's so amazing, and here she gets the challenge of of playing almost two roles. And there mm. are parts of the movie where she's going back and forth between them, and she's just so good at both of them. And the the twists between these two personalities is so awesome, and it just adds a new layer to the already incredible performance she gave in that first movie. So that was that was one thing that really stood out for me. Yeah, she does not she does not miss a beat. She's so incredible in this role, and you know, I, I, like I I kind of think she does a better job at portraying a real life Disney princess than the princesses that you meet in real life at Disney parks. <laughs> like, like she is so perfect. Um, and I, I love the range she has as an actor. Like, uh, you know, I, I think we've talked in the past about her role in Arrival, and I just feel like she's equally fantastic in that. And then you see her playing a Disney princess and, and, and some, you know, a little bit more on the evil side in this one as well. And yeah, like, it's just, it's so fantastic to see just how killer she is in this role. And, I just honestly, I could watch her as Giselle for another, you know, another movie, maybe a movie after that, maybe a whole series. Um, I just enjoy watching her character so much. Yeah, for sure. She is one of the strongest points of this, you know, this series now, I guess we can say these two movies, because she's so good at being a Disney princess. She embodies it to the truest form that you can see in real life. And it's just wonderful to see. And again, revisiting that after 15 years was, was very delightful because again, she hasn't missed a beat and has been right back on that, you know, Disney princess game. Dude. And James Marsden, Kevin, I know you brought him up earlier. He's, he's such an incredible goof of a Disney prince. And he's just, he, you know, unlike Darcy, he definitely nails uh, the the princely <laughs> speak, uh, if you will. And I just, I know we're, we're talking about what worked with this movie, but I think it's, it's because of how fantastic he is that I just have to quickly, while we're talking about his character, like I think you're alluding to Kevin, I wanted more of him. I really wanted more of him in this movie. Mm -hmm, it's so, mm -hmm. you know, it's tough to balance. I think there's, there's, we get new characters in this. We also get a bit of that quirkiness that we'd expect from Prince Edward, from uh, Patrick Dempsey's character. But I just, I still just wanted more James Mars. And I was like, why does he have to go away? I wanted so much more of him. Um, what did you guys think of, of James? Yeah, I mean, I think you nailed it there uh, in that, um, without giving too much away about what happens in the story, Patrick Dempsey yeah. does sort of step into that role in a few ways, and he 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 gave it his darndest. But mm -hmm. he's a far better mm -hmm. straight man in these movies. He's better reacting yes. to that over the top zaniness than actually doing it himself. So I understand why uh, Marston gets sort of pushed a little bit to the side in the plot here. But yeah, I could like he's just so amazing in that first one that. I would watch an entire movie about his adventures. Uh, you know. <laughs> that would be yeah. a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have to agree with you guys totally there. I mean, it, it, 
he was very underutilized in this film, considering how good he is at playing that goofy, lovable prince. And again, Dempsey did his best at trying to replicate that. But it, it, I again, Kevin said it. What I it took the words right on my mouth when he said he plays the straight man so well. I would have loved to see mm-hmm. him stuck in this fairy tale world because he played off of Amy Adams character so well I could see that going even further with the whole cast that we're introduced to in this this you know whimsical world totally now I will say um the the almost opposite of that in terms of um better utilizing a returning character hey they oh. they have somebody like Adina Menzel and they they have her sing in this mm-hmm. movie mm-hmm. well who <laughs> <Dude. thunk> it? <laughs> it's so nuts to me watching the original one and like going back to it and like I'd watched the trailer prior to going back to the first one and I, I completely thought that she got a song at the end with Prince Edward but apparently that was just something that I made up in my mind because and I was looking it up. It makes too much sense to not yeah. have happened it, it now. It makes you know? too much sense. And apparently it was canceled. They were supposed to have a duet at the end of that movie and it was it was canceled or it was cut. And like, yeah, she's such a phenomenal musician. She's such a phenomenal singer. I mean, obviously, she's like Adina Menzel or Adele Dazim, as some people might call her. Um, <laughs> but I, I just, we get so many, like, some really, really great musical moments with her. And I think the the music in both of these movies is so phenomenal that having her in it, on, like, just elevates mm-hmm. the the songs that, that, you know, I think she's in. Um, I just, oh, I, I can't say enough good things about her, I think. Um, I think the 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 sort of the way that they sort of give a little bit more to her, and I love that she's kind of um her character's kind of a middle ground for Giselle. Now that now that she's been, you know, um Nancy's been living in Andalasia for quite some time, to kind of have that sort of you know, she knows what the real world's like and she knows what Andalasia's like. It's a really cool opportunity for her to be closer uh, to Giselle. And they do they do have some really, really lovely moments together. Absolutely. And, you know, just one last note. I, I was reading, because I was, after watching the first one, I was so surprised that she didn't sing. And I was reading an article <laughs> that she spoke about that in. And she said, you know, it's it's still amazing to me and, and quite the compliment that they cast me in that movie for my acting ability and not for the fact that I can <laughs> sing. So, you know, yeah. it's funny after all these years, you know, that she's able to recognize that. And now she's a Disney princess in her own right in many ways. Um, and so, yeah, it was it was great to get that. And then speaking of musical numbers, while I, I, I might as a whole prefer the, the um, soundtrack from the first movie, uh, just because... I felt the songs were a bit more traditional in this movie. They weren't as as much poking fun at the sort of mm-hmm, tropes that mm-hmm. you're you're used to in the songs. Yeah. There is one absolutely amazing Banger. musical number in in about the middle of this movie that really brings it all together. You're you're almost waiting, going, "Where is that magical number?" Mm-hmm. And, and it does happen between um, Amy Adams and. Um, Oh, Maya, Maya Rudolph, Rudolph yeah. dude. Oh my gosh, so good. it's so so good, so good. And Malvina Monroe, like the character, both like both versions of the character. I think if you watch the trailer for this movie, you understand kind of what happens. And like, dude, she just fits the character so well. I was so so happily uh, surprised by their by her character. How much I enjoyed her as a classic classic Disney villain. And yeah, Kevin, that. That I think that's probably my favorite song in the entire movie is the one between her and uh, and Giselle. It's just it's it's so 
it's so perfect. Like it, it, you get the nostalgia feels for the classic Disney villain songs, but then it's also like, but no, 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 this is just another one to add onto the pantheon <laughs> of amazing <laughs> villain songs that we've gotten from Disney. And it's just freaking, ah, oh, it's so good. Alan Menken just completely knocked it out of the park. Um, and it's just, I love that even, even, even the music that's not, you know, with, with the singing, like, the having the themes from the original mm-hmm. flow throughout the score was such a smart way to do it. And, oh man, so yeah. good. So good. Yeah. I got to say there was one part where I heard the, the steel drums faintly in the background and it took me yeah. back to that happy place almost instantly. And again, the music from this movie is super strong across the board, in my opinion. I mean, there maybe was one or two numbers that was a bit more forgettable than the, than the, the last, but the the standout ones are standout and fit right in with that Disney pantheon of classic songs. So I just incredible, incredible performances all around in that regard. And I do want to bring up another really great performance in this movie. Uh, and that's that's Gabriella Baldacino, I think, as Morgan, uh, grown up Morgan, the casting. She looks so much like the grown up version of that actress that I was just like, is it her? And it's it's not it's not the the same one. But I just. I was so blown away and she can sing dude mm-hmm. like she can really sing and I just I love what they did with her character and and sort of uh, kind of giving us this 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 new challenge uh for Giselle in you know what she's looking for with this fairy tale world this perfect world and it's just it's just yet another thing that she she kind of has to work towards or or in this case in the movie like completely use magic to, to to change around but at the same time um it's just they have such a great relationship together and uh and yeah she was great she was so good 100 mm-hmm. again i i too thought it was the same one so in watching the credits i saw the original actress's name pop up and so at one point in the movie you do get to see a little cameo role from the original actress but they are almost identical looking and again great performance from this from gabrielle it was i was just as captivated watching her scenes as I, as I was watching Amy Adams. So, yeah, loved totally. her. Yeah, it was Let's definitely the... one of those, like, check my math numbers before looking at the actual cast list going, wait a minute, that has to be her, but it's been 15 years, not just the 10 years <laughs> I, you know, so it was definitely one of those, I have to check this out and figure out what's going on here kind of moments. Absolutely. Um, let's get to the, the just a little bit about the, I think, the narrative and the, the storyline. What did you guys think? I mean... I kind of felt like the pacing um, was pretty good. I, I was actually pleasantly surprised. I, you know, about a half an hour into the movie, uh, we really get to a really awesome moment that made me smile really big. And I think it just sort of, it set the tone for, I, I, again, the pacing of the movie, kind of like the, you know, what to expect going forward. Um, and I thought they did a really good job with it. They didn't linger too long. And I also felt like the original one, I think one of my, my, bigger problems with the original was that it just ended way too damn quickly. They, they, they completely just sort of cut it off, which, you know, it's, that's fitting of a, of a movie like that. Um, but this one, it was, I thought the, I thought it had a much more fleshed out ending. Um, and overall I thought that the movie felt very much like an early two thousands movie, but in like a really good way. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you know, that like sort of Disney channel original movie vibe, um, but I, I, I think the overall production value was, was bigger than a Disney channel original movie. Absolutely. Um, it wasn't, I mean, when I'm, when I was thinking about, you know, sort of looking back at watching the movie, it's not like at the beginning it was check my watch bad, but 
it was a bit slow to start. Um, and I mm-hmm. thought, okay, that kind of explains why this has a two-hour runtime. But everything they're doing in that first, you know, 20, 30 minutes, like you said, is is justified throughout the movie. And it really helps to set up all the events that happen mm-hmm. throughout the course of the movie. And it really doesn't drag that much. Um, yeah, it, it flows really, really nicely. And it does, I agree, come to a, a bit more of a complete and satisfying resolution, whereas the first one, they just sort of push Susan Sarandon off a tower and she's toast. And it's like, oh, <laughs> that's oh, it. We're done. Okay. There you go. All, all right <laughs> yeah. then. Um, so, yeah, no, I thought, and the production's great. Every, you know, the different almost kingdoms, if you want to call them that, that we get to spend time in uh, were lots of fun. And even uh, one thing I love that they did in Enchanted really well, and they do here in Disenchanted, is that the sort of transformations between the animated and real life world—they're very yes. quick and and subtle, but they there is a sense of magic whenever they do that. And so I thought they did a really good job in this one, just like in the first. Mm-hmm. And I think they they really did a great job of of doing that animation again, but like cleaned up, like it it looked really really good. We do get a bit of that, uh, you know, at the beginning of the movie, and yeah good stuff i i I think anytime that they can make the they can they can sort of give you that that feeling of the classic disney animated uh movies it's awesome yeah i mean the animated scenes from this movie made me realize all over again how much i want one of these classic another classic animated movie like we have with princess and the frog just every now and then a trip back to that style would is is sometimes needed i think because it is like the core of Disney animation is where it all started. So, I mean, I love that part. And again, the production values were great. I mean, I found this one, maybe not so much, you know, literal references to, you know, Disney classics, stuff like that, but the visual Easter eggs sprinkled throughout this movie or just a plethora. Every time, every scene, there's a reference to some classic movie through a costume piece, a dance number, something alludes to what came before. And it was, that's what I feel like there was almost one of the strengths of this movie was how they managed to pay homage to so many, you know, great moments and little bits from other, other Disney classics. See, I felt like the, they, I agree with you. I do feel like the first movie did that uh, a bit better uh, than this one, mm-hmm. but I, because of the live action setting of of this movie and the the magic that we get to see in it, it actually reminded me a lot more of an homage to Disney's parks, mm. um, specifically the Fantasyland uh, in Magic Kingdom. Like there were parts of it where I was like, that just looks like it was straight up filmed in <laughs> in Fantasyland uh, at Magic Kingdom, and um, you know I think we we get to see this this fairy tale transformation um and to just sort of to see see the the world turn into that i just i could totally see them doing an installation uh to celebrate disenchanted if if unlike the original kevin like you were saying if they actually want to really do something big with this and and celebrate it the way i think these movies should be celebrated at the parks uh, imagine them incorporating some of these musical numbers into the parades like i think that would be so mm-hmm. cool you could absolutely see these these characters you know going throughout the and, and running you know got prince edward running up to people and talking to them and i think it would be really really uh fantastic and uh yeah this just this gave me a lot of feels for the actual parks because of that live action setting yeah i, I agree with that a lot i, I well said Cool, man. Um, listen, I'm I'm starting to feel it, guys. Again, I think um, I don't know. I'm I feel like I might be getting cursed. I feel like we might be turning into evil evil lords. Uh, <laughs> let's get to what maybe didn't quite work uh, with this one uh, with Disenchanted. I guess I'll start. I mean, 
we kind of touched on it a bit earlier, and I feel like it was Patrick's Patrick Dempsey's character storyline, like Robert's storyline in this one, kind of felt a bit, you know, out of place. It didn't really fit what we know of his character, and I think a lot of that comes from us seeing him as a straight man in that first movie. So it yeah. was that was the part that really kind of took me out of it. Whenever we went to see what he was doing in the fantasy world, I was a bit like disappointed not because of the performance but because of what i kind of was hoping from this character in again surrounded by fairy tales there would have been so much humor there and they kind of just glossed over that to make him the the prince edward of this movie yeah i think i think his storyline specifically darsh you're right is sort of a distraction from the main storyline going on and Mm -hmm. i think there were ways that they could have used his character um maybe sent him to Andalasia or something where he could still be in the movie, but not have to feel like they almost felt it almost, it was like they felt they needed to give him something to do every 15 minutes. And that just took away from what we really wanted to be watching, which was Amy Adams and Maya Rudolph go back and forth and try and outwitch each other or out, you know, um, not overperform, but just like bring bring their all. And so, yeah, I'd agree. His storyline really does drag every time we go to it. Fortunately, they're pretty quick little visits, but it doesn't really connect to the overall story as much as it could have. And so that does hurt a bit with the cohesiveness of the story. And I think, I think you know, we talked about Idina Menzel, and she does get some really great moments in this, but I kind of really did want a little bit more of her and a little bit more of, uh, as we said, James Marsden. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just mm-hmm. think that that those two characters, we, we get such a, a phenomenal introduction to them uh, with a really great musical number that they do that you've probably seen in the trailer. Um, and and that was that was so great. And then it kind of just feels like they, they sort of go away. And I, again, I get it. They have to balance the pacing with, with, uh, with Morgan and, and Giselle's sort of relationship. And they have to, they have to show that a little bit more. Cause that is really the core of this story. But I don't know. Is there any way that, yeah, to your point, could we have maybe shifted around some of the, the characters and, and shifted around some of these plot points to, to really elevate, uh, you know, I think, the characters that maybe we, we did want to see a little bit more, you know, no shade to Patrick Dempsey. Again, he's phenomenal as a straight man, but I, I think that's, as you said, it's maybe where we could have kept him. Uh, I think for me, the the biggest thing is that just overall, this just, I didn't find that it, it reached the same heights as the original. And that's really difficult to do for sequels. I mean, we've gotten some, some, good sequels this year um that you know we'll we'll probably talk about uh on a on a future podcast but but i just felt like i don't know i i didn't i didn't feel the same way coming out of this i enjoyed my time i had some good laughs um i think again the music's really good but i just i never got to a place where i was like i don't know like like pleasantly surprised or i I just wasn't surprised it kind of it, it it met my expectations it didn't exceed them um, if that if that makes sense, does that kind of make sense? I, I'm, I'm totally in the same boat with you there. In that, yeah, I just think it would have been such a really uh, such a tall order to take what worked for, in the first movie and to top that. They set the bar yeah. so high in that first movie that while at times it does reach the same levels, it's not up there consistently enough to to be on that same level as that first movie. Uh, and I think for me specifically, that has a lot to do with. It just isn't, I don't want to say fun, but it certainly isn't as funny as that first movie. And I think mm. maybe um, you mentioned it uh, earlier when you were talking about the first movie there and uh, 
the character played by is it uh, Timothy Spall? Maybe mm, not yeah. having that fun henchman sort of running around doing nefarious things throughout the movie. Um, you know that sort of took away from that comedic element. Not having James Marsden in it as much obviously took away from that. And I think that there are wonderful tributes paid to Disney movies and the parks, like you said, and just that Disney vibe overall. They're not having I don't know, as much fun with it. They're not poking fun at it. They're not, you know, I just think it was lacking a little in the humor department, which was one of the most pleasant surprises of the first movie. I have to agree with that as well, because, like, I mean, the first one was very much a comedy based around a fairy tale, whereas this is a fairy tale that happens to have some comedy in it. Like, if this was just a standalone Disney film that wasn't a sequel or anything like that, I think it would stand alone greatly because it's such a, a great fairy tale story, but it misses what kind of made that first one so good which was the way that it poked fun at itself and the whole genre of fairy tales so that was what was kind of lacking from it and again maybe it's because they didn't they were like we can't do it any better than the first one so let's maybe take it a different route and just do more of the homage of of fairy tales so again it, it a lot of strengths come from the references but again the references aren't done in the same way as that first one which was so much of the charm that we we all fell in love with yeah, and I think there's only so many times that you can call do callbacks before they start to feel a, a little bit stale. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this movie, again, it's it it does retread a little bit too much um, of the original. Even though, again, there's some parts that that are great, it kind of also can feel like an homage to uh, the first movie mm-hmm. <laughs> in a sense. Uh, but guys, let's let's get to our overall final thoughts, um, which we're going to be rating on a scale of one to five wishing wands of Andalasia. Uh, and Darcy, I'm going to have you kick us off. Yeah. Again, I really enjoyed this movie, but it wasn't what I was expecting from the sequel to Enchanted because of so, so much of the fun with that first one, like we said, was the way it poked fun at it. And it was that charm was missing from this one. Uh, Granted, everything else about the movie, with the exception of certain characters being underutilized or, or kind of misdirected to the wrong area, uh, I feel like this movie still is really fun and enjoyable. So like, as long as you don't go in expecting to have you know, so many tongue-in-cheek references to the whole fairy tale genre and just go in expecting a fun Disney movie, you'll be pleasantly uh, surprised by how, how well they pull off that a new fairy tale in the, in the modern world. So uh, I'll be giving this one... Uh, four out of five wishing wands of Andalasia. Very nice. Kevin, how about yourself? I, I think this movie is, um, you know, at times I, I, I found myself asking, is it, is, was it worth it? Was it worth it 15 years later to revisit this story, revisit these characters? And I think by the end of the movie, I was convinced it was definitely worth it. There are the musical numbers that that pull the movie through and and really bring it up, uh, you know, to a similar level of the first one. And you know, the some of the things that worked so well with the first one, specifically with Amy Adams, is as this character of Giselle. She's just one of the best Disney so princesses ever, and so getting to see her do her thing again and even a chance to elevate it definitely is is worth the the price of admission alone uh, and I think they they had some interesting things to sort of say and play with it as far as the the, the 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 evil stepmother and and you know the stepdaughter relationship that we've seen many times in Disney movies um, so yeah I think I think it was definitely a worthy sequel in that it's almost impossible for the sequel to be as good or even better than the original. And so it's definitely a worthy sequel. Uh, I wish the comedy 
and um, you know the presence of some of our favorite characters from the first were amped up a little bit more. But I think Darcy put it really, really well earlier in in why they might have changed their their focus a little bit with this one. Um, whereas I would probably give the 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 original. I would give Enchanted maybe somewhere between a four and a four point five. I'm kind of more between a three point five and a four here. So I'm going to give this a three point seven out of five. Uh, wishing wands of Andalasia. All righty, all righty. Yeah, I'm kind of in the the same uh, area as you two. I think um, this, as I was saying, I don't think it fully captures the the magic of the first movie. I think I do think this was a great follow up. I think the cast is honestly the 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 shining beacon. Uh, the cast and the music, I'd say, are the two shining beacons of this movie. Um, I think you know again the storyline. I think the pacing uh, is 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 really great, and we get to parts that we wanted to see quicker, uh, and we get that that more robust ending than the original. Um, but I, I I just it never quite reached the same highs um, as that original. Um, I, again, dude, like Maya Rudolph, I think was a standout. Gabriella Baldacchino was a standout, and of course, as you were just saying, Amy Adams is just phenomenal. I want more James Marsden. I want more Prince Edward. I think a Prince Edward like mini like short series uh, would be phenomenal. I'd even take like just him running around Andalasia, just helping different people. It would be so much fun. Um, but uh, but yeah, I just I I think the the best part is Amy Adams as always, and just the way she plays that classic Disney princess and. In this movie, uh, Evil Stepmother, Alan Menken just completely brought the fire. Uh, so good mixing in those themes of the original um, or of the original movie in with this one. Uh, I think this was a sequel worthy of royalty, uh, and I really enjoyed it. So yeah, I'm gonna also give it a four out of five wands of Andalasia. Uh, that is it. We hope you enjoyed the spoiler-free review uh, for Disenchanted. And if you did, make sure to subscribe just wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts on this movie or any of the movies or shows we cover, uh, well, I'm just going to make – I'm just going to – I'm grabbing my wishing wand right now, uh, and, and I'm making a wish uh, that, that Darcy will tell you how you can reach us. Well, they can always reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or if that sounds like a wish gone wrong to you, then you can reach out to us on Twitter at GeekcentricYT or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other episodes covering the latest and greatest movies and shows out now, like our recent spoiler-free reviews for Slumberland, The Santa Clauses, Episodes 1 and 2, Mickey, The Story of a Mouse, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Mythic Quest, Season 3, Zootopia Plus, Blockbuster, and Wendell and Wild. And we also have a ton of interviews, like our most recent interview with the cast and crew of Zootopia Plus. Justin sat down with the directors and producer of that series. Uh, and I got a chance to sit down with the legends, Don Lake and Bonnie Hunt. So you can tune into that uh, either here on podcast or you can check it out on YouTube at youtube.com slash geek centric we also have some uh really fun fantastic interviews some magical interviews some festive interviews uh coming real soon so definitely keep your eyes on our socials uh you know subscribe click all the things like all the things click the bell uh and and sing us a little song sing us a little like magical <laughs> song and you can you can just summon us like little magical animals uh <laughs> to, to 
Oh, <laughs> just like that. Just like, hopefully better than that. Uh, Darcy, Kevin, thank you so much for joining me for this adventurous review. Uh, and as, sorry, Darcy, Kevin, thank you so much for joining me for this fairy tale review. And as we say, love ya. Laters. Get home safe, peasants. <laughs> <laughs>